0: My name is Jai Long, and you're listening to Make Your Break, and this is episode number six. Today, I am back in Byron Bay, northern New South Wales, and this is the area that I grew up in. And I have so many friends here that I grew up with that are really successful in so many different ways and so many different industries. It's really inspiring for me to get back here and just to chat to people. So today I'm interviewing an old friend of mine, Nara Comerford, the founder of a new herbal extract and medicinal mushroom company called Evolution Botanicals. And the interview covers a dive into anxiety and creativity through coffee and stimulants and hacking your way through a product startup. So if you listen all the way to the end, Nara gives us three tips to creating a physical product to sell online. So let's not waste any time and let's get started into the interview. So I'm here in Byron Bay and I'm catching up with for- a a few of my friends that are all doing amazing things, and today I got Nara here, and he's just launched Evolution Botanicals. Um, and if you want to see what those are, we're going to talk about them today. But if you want to see what they are, I'm going to have them on my blog, so you can jump over and have a look, at, and in the show notes as well. But you know, guys, this whole business is about creative uh, business, and you know, entrepreneurs and things like that. And a lot of people don't realize businesses are all the same like it doesn't matter what you're running you know and so for me to have you here on a creative business podcast like I feel like the business part is so creative even if the product's not creative like it's it's like how you creatively create a business like that is there's so much in that so I'm excited to have Nara here he grew up in the same town as me I've known him for like 20 years and it's so cool to see him you know making his own break doing his thing and taking charge of his life so Let's get started. It's good to have you here, Nara. Cheers,
1: Jaya. Good to talk to you too.
0: Yeah. Um, Let's jump straight in. Um, We're going to actually talk about your products, but first, I actually want to know a little bit about like how you made your break, you know, how that all came about, because I know for a long time, like you've kind of aspired to be like an entrepreneur and do these things and you've always got ideas and to see you actually jumping in and doing something now, is like it's incredible for me to see. So, tell me a little bit about it. How'd you make your break? Cool. Well, look, I've done a lot of different things.
1: And um, most recently, I was working um, in another food manufacturing business, which um, blew up while I was there. And I I used to manage that business. And uh, while I was doing that, I I just started to get pick up all these skills. And I really kind of hacked my ability to manage and run a business, to be honest, like, you know, I've YouTubed how to create a marketing plan for a, you know, multi-million wow, dollar awesome. business. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah and so a, good. I mean, there's so much information online and, um, you know, I started to just get a little bit bolder and, and think, you know, maybe I can do this. I'm, you know, running somebody else's business, you know, really well, or, you know, I'm picking up a lot of skills and stuff here, but it was really tough for me to sort of leave that security that I had in a job and do something on my own. I didn't feel like maybe I had like the risk tolerance to kind of pull that off. But I was envious of people with their own businesses and the freedom that can kind of give you. I understand, you know, there's a lot of hard work that goes into it and there definitely is, I can tell you. Yeah, there definitely is. <laughs> um, man.
0: Especially like yourself, like releasing a product, like definitely yeah, hard work. Yeah, you know, I'm
1: working for like $2.50 an hour right now probably. <laughs> but um, it's also been great. And, and you know, I've never felt more excited to do more work because it's for me, it's for something that I hope has longevity. And I'm in control of, you know, when I take a break and all that and just that in itself feels really kind of cool. Yeah, so, you know, how I got started is, you know, I started to just notice other entrepreneurs and um, things that I felt were obstacles for me starting, I had seen people become super successful and they didn't have that, they didn't see that as an obstacle or even have that skill. So, you know, I might have thought I needed, you know, certain skills or a certain amount of money. And then I'd seen people bootstrap things and I'd seen people with, you know, lacking a lot of different technical skills kind of pull off these massive projects just through persistence and networking and that. So that started to make me, I guess, I guess I just started to feel worthy of having a crack. Um, but I'm a pretty stubborn person and and uh, I, I sort of still kept knuckling down on my job. I was kind of on the side playing with this, with this herb brand. I wanted to do some herbal extracts. I think... You know, the potential for them to help the community is amazing. But I, w- I just was, you know, my backup plan was my full-time job and I wasn't really giving it enough energy. And um I ended up getting kind of like adrenal fatigue or just feeling really burnt out with my job and kind of having to chuck the towel in. And um that's what got me started on the business. I thought, well, you know, now's the time, although a lot of people advise me against it. I don't think, you know, starting a business is a good idea when you've got fatigue, but totally it turns out it was. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah.
0: It's so funny because there's so many different life things that happen like that and you don't think it's a good thing at the time, obviously, but it turns into something like you can turn it into something like, oh my God, that's actually what I needed. Like You know, actually, when I quit my job as an electrician, I actually had the first time ever I had an anxiety attack and I had it in my lounge room and I didn't know what was going on. I I felt like I was actually having a heart attack. I had no idea because I just didn't know what it was. Yeah, yeah. And I was there and... And I freaked out, and I laid it on the floor, and then Leelu came in, and then when I realized what it was, I was like, "Oh my god, I, I hate my job. I think I don't want to do it anymore." And then that was like that was it for me. I was like, "Well, time to do something else," you know? Like- yeah, I think that sounds true for a lot of people. Um, I actually really like the word. Um, I think there's an
1: author, Jeff Brown, who coined it. He calls it a truth ache. And uh when you're not living your truth life just gets more and more uncomfortable and it's kind of like nudging you in the direction of like where you need to go and it's it's compassionate so i mean for me to get adrenal fatigue or feeling like that um, which was you know it was really hard I, I genuinely couldn't do hardly anything for 6 months so that was like my truth ache it was saying this isn't right for you anymore you've known that for a long time and unfortunately the other signals we gave you weren't strong enough.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Now's the time.
1: (laughs) So let's try this one on for size. And yeah, I got the message. So um, yeah, and I I see that a lot with, you know, it seems to be a kind of common story where people kind of have to come to sort of a mini crisis sometimes before they change directions. Um, And it's because the path they're on offers them something substantial, which is usually stability and the known, you know, the devil you know. It's better than the devil you don't know. But, you know, maybe that isn't true.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's so interesting because I actually like um, growing up, like, you know, a lot of my friends and everybody kind of came from nothing. Like I wouldn't say anyone I knew was like rich and successful and everyone's in housing commission and, you know, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. And you know what it was like. like yeah, you're yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. It's so interesting that now like, you know, all my friends are in Byron and they're doing these things. Like it's almost like a happy-go-lucky kind of thing. And you get inspired by these other people like you were just telling me before um before we start this podcast that you got a friend that can barely read and write and she just launched this huge business and she's just doing it and like not making an excuse on the weakness that she has but just like embracing what she can do and like that's got to be inspiring hey like that's really got to help i guess like help everybody like well i think it's awesome especially with the internet these days where you know even small
1: ideas or something that you might be interested in you really can reach an audience and especially potentially a substantial audience um so yeah i think uh you know i was actually reading once that um homeless people have um more similarities in terms of their um personality profile with entrepreneurs than any other kind of demographic and i don't know if that's exaggerated or whatever but when you don't have much to fall back on your risk your risk tolerance goes up and so if you, if there's nothing else you can do, or you know, in my in, in my circumstances, I really wasn't cut out for a nine to five job. Once I start started feeling adrenal fatigue, so you know, was I ready to roll the dice on a project that I could fail on? I become much more comfortable with that idea because I didn't have anything else to do. And I think talking about this person I just mentioned, you know, they're a fantastic cook, and they can't read or write, which would seem like a huge obstacle. But, you know, I said to her, like, how did you get started doing this? And her response was, I can't do anything else. And um, often I see people who are really competent um, in a lot of areas, but they don't have the passion or they, they don't have the need to kind of roll the dice on a risk, which, which is okay. I mean, you don't have to be taking big risks. You can, you can manage a risk by, you know, saving up some money and maybe starting part-time and getting a side hustle or whatever. But, you know, if you're going to jump in deep, it seems like a lot of people kind of, They go all in and it works.
0: Yeah. Well, I believe, man, like if you go all in on anything, like I go all all in on all the things that I do, which is not, it never, you know, it's not like a hundred percent success rate and things just work for me. It definitely doesn't. But I do, and I have realized, especially in the last 24 months, the things that I put my energy on, like it just comes back tenfold. Like if, and then I almost have to be putting the energy on that one thing. So, like, for instance, if I'm putting energy onto this podcast and I'm just talking about it all the time and I'm, like, promoting it and I'm doing interviews and getting people excited, like, that will thrive. But then everything else will sort of, like, lack a little bit, you know? So, yeah, I feel like where you put your energy and then going into being, like, an entrepreneur, if you're just going, like, okay, stuff it, I'm rolling the dice here and I'm just jumping in and I'm going to do it, I'm going to put my energy into it, like... I don't know where the powers come from, but they just come from nowhere and you literally just make it work. Like, how does that even work? I don't know.
1: Uh, I don't know if I can answer how it works, <laughs> yeah. but but um, I mean, it's a competitive world out there mm. and people know when you're passionate about something. I mean, it shows up in the little details. So there's some amazing podcast hosts. And I think if you're going to be on the growth trajectory where people can sense that this is, you know, you're going to offer something amazing. And I, I think you, you are being all in is is a big aid it's it's
0: helpful yeah totally there was a really good ted talk it's called i think it's called schooling hack schooling or school hacking or something but thinking about like us and how we kind of grew up i think a lot of stuff that we do is hacking like i think we sort of hacked our way through life and we've sort of worked things out and one thing that i believe is like with entrepreneurship i've definitely hacked the skill to to listen And listening has been huge for my business and for so many businesses. And then so talking about my podcast, I actually put out an email asking for some feedback from, you know, all my subscribers and and my community. And I got lots of negative feedback, lots of negative feedback from my podcast. And it's so interesting because deep down, you know, I know I'm not doing the best and it was scripted and it was all these things. But it's so important for me to listen to that. Like it's even though I'm putting myself through hell like doing that. But it's so important and I think as anyone like as an entrepreneur like and we're going to talk about your product later, it's like listening to what people actually want like and listening in so many different ways. It's even like, you know, researching the product that you are putting out, and like seeing how, the you know, where it's product placement or where, what the customers want or where they're buying it and all these things but it's all listening. It's like being aware of what's around you, you know. I, I was actually uh, reading something about
1: martial artists. I don't want to go too far off topic but… No, um, no, no. You're good. <laughs> but… Uh, <laughs> in that arena, there's like big consequences for not being honest with yourself. I mean, negative feedback in, in, you know, martial arts is like a black eye. It's pretty strong feedback. So, and that's why martial arts, if you, if you look at things like the Shaolin monks and that, it's kind of got a bit of a spiritual introspective vibe going on. And that's really helpful because it's kind of like, you know, what's the truth of, you know, where I'm at. And I noticed this because, I've, you know, I've worked with a lot of um, food brands and a lot of people who are launching products and um, it's really important to be honest about where you think your product is going to be and what I've noticed is sometimes people get hung up on an idea and because they're so into it I and mean, it's cool and understandable but they really ignore some huge blind spots and all it would take is, you know, a few small tweaks to that area yeah. for that product to kind of be a real smash hit. Yeah, you know, so I second that. I think feedback's amazing. Without negative feedback, it's very, it can be more difficult to grow. You can become more complacent and, um, you know. I mean, think about
0: like, I actually, I I never used to do this, but now I do it. If I go to a cafe and I really love a cafe and usually for me, it's like a vegan cafe, so I want them to do really well. And if I get a meal and something's just not right about it, like I don't just leave anymore and just not go back, you know, which I used to do when I was younger. But now I'm like, you know what, I'm actually going to go and have a chat to them and just let them know. And a lot of people would think, oh, that's a pretty rude thing to do. But I feel like it's not because I'm. I want to come back here, and I'll, if I'm feeling this way, maybe other people are feeling this way. You know? Yeah. yeah well, I mean, successful
1: people serve a lot of people. Yeah. And um, you know, there's a million ways to serve people, but um, that's what it comes down to. So, you know, being understanding if you know you're actually serving your audience, you know, that's yeah. um, that's where it's at.
0: All right. So hey, let's jump in and talk about your product. It's pretty exciting. I know things that you've done in the past like you've been a bricklayer and you know you've worked in trades and you've worked in manufacturing and distribution and all these don't things.
1: Don't don't hold the bricklayer against me. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. All these things, but you've also like went and educated yourself too. So tell me a little bit about your education and why you did that and then this product as well. I want to know I want to know about the product.
1: Okay. Yeah. Look, I, I actually didn't finish high school. I left school at the start of year 11. So I didn't really, you know, even do year 11 or 12. Uh, and I went and got a trade. I mean, a lot of guys were doing that. I, You know, I also think there's nothing wrong with that. It's it potentially, you know, amazing way to serve people again. But, um, and then I did actually find my way back to university and did a degree in biomedical science, which was really difficult.
0: Yeah. Wow. Well, I remember, I actually remember you telling me, you were a bricklayer and you're like, hey, you know what? I'm going to go study. And I was like, what (laughs)
1: Yeah. yeah. (laughs) are you sure (laughs) I, I mean it was hard to be honest it was really hard and it took me like a year of kind of prepping to be even able to hold it down and then when I was at uni I had to do more study than other people because I would kind of be getting briefed on a topic and then have to understand the topic before that which they got taught in year 11 and 12 so
0: yeah totally so you were kind of a step back always
1: yeah I was a step back you know there was assumed knowledge I didn't have but um I mean, that, I guess, you know, now that I think about it and just right now, that did kind of help me hack stuff. I think most of my education that I've got to this date has has been hacked. I, I kind of think formal education, you know, 50% of it for most roles is kind of a waste. It's really like, you know, sitting in a lecture for, you know, eight hours a day, five days a week, there's a lot of time wasted. I mean, if you, everybody at uni knows this, like totally. there, there's quicker ways to learn stuff and Especially if you're motivated and got just a little bit of craftiness, which you can develop. But, you know, there's people who have taught themselves super complex coding, um, you know, blockchain coders, for example, right now, who have just taught themselves.
0: Yeah, you don't get learn that anyway, do you? There's no
1: university for blockchain.
0: I remember you telling me not long ago, like, you know, the future, people are learning from podcasts and they're learning from videos and online courses and all these things. Well, yeah. So just
1: the other day, I wanted to learn more about um, this adaptogen, which I want to um, add to the herbal extract range called rhodiola. And um, rhodiola is a super cool herb. It um, was researched originally starting back in the 1930s by the military because they wanted their pilots to have more endurance. I started looking for podcasts on rhodiola and I ended up stumbling across one with this amazing researcher who's dedicated her entire life to studying rhodiola. She's written a book on rhodiola. Wow. She has actually got given all that research from the the Russian scientists as well. And she got donated that, which I think is super cool. So, where could I find better information on rhodiola than a lady who has um, spent her entire life researching it you know she's got totally. a, a PhD in rodeola. so you know that's the kind of you know these days that kind of information is everywhere uh, you know if you want to learn, learn google analytics google marketing how to build a website uh, you know and you got yeah, the time like,
0: like you were just saying man like approaching someone that's done it like and they've specialized their life into it like like, I'm sure he didn't ask, like, what her formal background was, but you know that she's dedicated her life to it and, like, that's that's better than anything else. Yeah. I mean,
1: you know, in this case, it, it, you know, she was a perfect person to kind of get info from. So, yeah, it's all out there. I mean, for, for a lot of entrepreneurs who are thinking of starting a business, for me, I guess there's these kind of, like, horizons of unknown information. Like, I really want to start a jewelry business, but I have no idea about websites. You know, I really want to start making jewelry, but I have no idea how to make jewelry. And um, this is, I mean, this is, I can, my sister's a jeweler. So this kind of, you know, is relevant you, as you've well. You've seen it firsthand. I've seen it, yeah. So, I mean, and for myself, that's why I'm attracted to entrepreneurship because um, I like learning new things. It's really stimulating. Um, and I'm not going to be an expert in most of the things I'm learning, but to even launch a business, you know, to know, yeah, I have to know some accounting. I built my own website, I've taught myself some Photoshop, I've done photography, my own product photography. Totally.
0: You've you've learned how to launch products, you've learned how to like manufacture products, you've learned Instagram, you've harvested an amazing community on Instagram like yeah. yeah. All those things, man, they're amazing skills, huh?
1: Yeah, so I mean, that's all I I I'm not scared and I think, you know, if you're an aspiring entrepreneur uh who isn't afraid of hard work, I, these kind of like obstacles are actually amazing opportunities and the fact of the matter is you're going to have to cross a lot of them as your business grows because, you know, owning, you know, a $100,000 a year business versus a million dollar a year business, whole new set of skills that you're going to need. And it keeps on scaling like that. So being kind of really comfortable with these new horizons coming up and kind of curious and, and fun, like it's not that big of a deal. What, yeah. you know, what happens if, you know, for example, like launching for me, launching a brand into Woolworths or, or one of those big chains would kinda of seems daunting right now, but I also have the background to know some dude just winged it already. <laughs> There's some dude who had no skills in anything, probably never even been to like one of these kind of meetings with these people and probably went in there and nailed it. Totally, man. And and that kind of vibe I think's really helpful. And it's it's kind of self compassionate because um You're you backing know, yourself, huh? Yeah. I mean it kind of makes life a bit playful. Whether as, you know, I could be really critical, oh, I didn't speak properly and um I didn't say the exact right thing. But I mean, it's more, it can be way more fun than that. And, and I think when you're comfortable and you're having fun, other people pick up on it and it's kind of nice. And you know, for them, people who are deciding on what products um, to take for Woolworths, it's probably refreshing to get some you know, young punk rocker in there and be like, hey, can I Definitely, have a look man, at they this? They can
0: relate, you know, all those things. I, I believe that wholeheartedly, 100%. Mm. Yeah. Like the, the,
1: I think with the right attitude, the universe can really see markets on your side.
0: This episode is brought to you by Free the Bird Lightroom Presets to help you create beautiful skin tones in your images and speed up your workflow. These presets are now available on my website at jialong.co forward slash shop. Tell me a little bit about your products, man. I want to hear about it.
1: Um, I'm selling full spectrum herbal extracts and what's been popular in the past is isolating specific compounds from herbs. Uh, actually, I should say, in the recent past, so the last kind of hundred years, seventy years, fifty years, uh, modern medicine's kind of figured out there's some herbs that have got some cool things in it, and we want to find out what each one of them things does specifically, uh, isolate it, and then give it to people in a really strong dose so um that's how most pharmaceuticals are made, and lots of supplements contain those kind of isolated compounds too. What is starting to happen is that we're realizing uh there's a lot more intelligence in the synergy of the compounds that are in plants and we've evolved alongside having plants you know often in a really full form or at least not as isolated as most supplements are in and so supplements tend to have more side effects when I say the more recent past, it's because in like uh, healing traditions like Ayurveda and uh, traditional Chinese medicine, they've been using full-spectrum her- herbal extracts for thousands of years. And there's a lot of intelligence in the synergy of the different compounds. And oftentimes, s- the side effects are mitigated or the herbs become a lot safer. They often become more effective. And um, I, I kind of think this is cool. Recently, there's obviously, you might have heard there's been a, a massive – explosion in cbd cells in the United States and um, you can isolate cbd but they've nicknamed not isolating cbd as bringing in the entourage effect so cbd has a whole lot bunch of mates and there are other cannabinoids but also um, terpenes and so there's you know I can't remember off the top of my head but there's a whole family of these things and if you keep them all in the product it actually is more effective um, with less side effects so that's kind of the aim behind this brand to bring some of that wisdom back to bring some sort of potent things with a with a bit of a vibe of modern science yeah but sort of honoring the old school way of doing things and i guess you know nature is the 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 oldest school teacher of them all
0: sounds good man you kind of lost me on everything <laughs> a bit <laughs> but, too technical yeah too technical um but what i lo- i love your passion about it but what i want to know is the things that you tell me about like a lot of creatives are always walking around their coffees. And I actually say like coffee is a killer of creativity because basically, you know, you don't allow your mind to have the imagination it needs sometimes. And sometimes like a creative can come in. I know like this for myself, you know, come into my studio and I have a coffee and I sit there and I'm like, okay, I need to create something. I need some content. I need something. And I just can't come up with it. But what I don't realize and a lot of people don't realize is like creativity comes at different times and you kind of need to like look after those times. So for me, it's like having a long shower or like going for a drive or walking to the park and just sitting there without a coffee or any stimulants and then just like allowing myself to like imagine things and then writing it down and then running to the coffee store and then buying a coffee and then doing the to-do task. But tell me like with your product, like how does it affect creativity? How does it affect like, yeah, creatives? I'll start
1: by just saying what coffee does and you can tell me if it's good, if you think it would be um, in our benefit to be creative at that time. So coffee stimulates the fight or flight response in our body, which is basically our body saying you're in danger and you need to perform at your peak performance. So it has a short-term benefit in productivity and output, but that's not the time you're going to be creative because you're in danger. Your body thinks you're in danger and your mind circuits kind of, uh, change up a little bit into a sort of a more survival kind of mode so to be relaxed and have a more calm state of well-being is going to be better for creativity I, I don't know if I would say my products like enhance creativity specifically like take this herb and you're gonna be more creative with the exception possibly being I mean it's been proven that microdosing psilocybin mushrooms can improve creativity it increases um unrestrained thought But um, yeah, so look, these products here are basically to help reduce the stress response in the body. When we're stressed, we have an alarm phase, we have a resistance phase, and then we have exhaustion. And a lot of people are kind of exhausted and then they're using coffee just to kind of grind through the next day. Yeah, get them through. Yeah. It's like, I got to just not, you know, Friday's coming up, I'll just, you know, hit the coffees until then and I'll have a big sleeping on Saturday. But um, and it's kind of more common now because we're so busy we've got so many tasks to achieve i mean you know having an artistic side to your life is you know not super valued in western culture we're really kind of productivity orientated so these herbs like adaptogens which is like a big group of the herbs that i'm selling um, basically they they help our body cope with stress in a real general way so it's not like a s- exact thing that they do. They can do lots of different things depending on what your body needs, which kind of makes them cool. And there's not heaps of them in the world. I mean, each healing tradition kind of has one, two, maybe three adaptogens.
0: So so what is an adaptogen?
1: So an adaptogen is basically a a herbal pharmaceutical that helps our body cope with stress. So when we're stressed, I'll, I'll give an example with exercise. It seems a bit more easier to um comprehend than mental stress, but... If you're at the gym doing weights, your body, when you first start, says, okay, we're doing this. Let's crank up some of these stress hormones. Yeah, And then you have a resistance phase. So that's the alarm phase, like wake up. Then we have a resistance phase where we persist at a high level. And adaptogens help us stay in that phase for longer and reduce the kind of the cost, it's expensive to stay in a resistance phase. We have to produce lots of hormones, steroid hormones like cortisol, adrenaline, and they're, they're expensive for the body to make. They're complex molecules. So if you can reduce your body's reliance on those, you're not going to ex- waste as much energy. And and these herbs kind of help us with that. And what they do is they delay the exhaustion phase. So they extend us performing really well. For modern everyday life, you know, it's not about the gym. A lot of us are under constant chronic low level stress and so everybody's you know the mum with two kids who's also got to work a part-time job i mean that's a huge amount of work to do and you know 50 60 years ago it was a lot easier for some people yeah and so that's why i feel these these products are called for at this time because um so many people are kind of you know just getting by and and really relying on stimulants and we kind of associate stimulants with energy but energy comes real kind of deep foundational energy that's good for our well-being like according to ayurveda and chinese medicine it's actually calm it is totally yeah it's like it's like a real feeling of well-being and coffee and that i mean you know when you're jacked up on coffee i don't really feel <laughs> <laughs> that you've got that feeling going on yeah.
0: you definitely don't have that feeling I know like on social media, you have like, I think you've been doing like a coffee-free month and then you can actually consume your products just like coffee. I've seen that you're, yeah, tell me, tell me a bit about that. Well, look, chaga is, has
1: been used as a coffee replacement. So in World War II, when coffee rations were running short, they gave the soldiers chaga. It tastes really similar and it's, you know, a lot better for you. It's not a stimulant though. It's got a lot, lot of antioxidants in it. It's really, it's got a lot of melanin in it, which is also an antioxidant. But it's the the pigmentation in our skin. So fungi are kind of cool that they can make these compounds like melanin, where most most plants don't do that. Yeah, wow. Well. Yeah. So look, that's the reason you can mix it with cacao or something if you want a little pep in your step. It's not as strong as coffee, but yeah. So that's the idea was just to help people kind of have a break from coffee. And often it requires a lifestyle adjustment. If you're like really relying on coffee, probably you're doing too much as well. So maybe you could, you know, put Just some... Back off a little bit. Back off a bit. And yeah, like, <laughs> you know, I think a lot of people kind of get rest through zoning out like, okay, I'm going to watch Netflix. But um, that's not that restful. I mean, like doing something that's more proactively restful, like, you know, a y- yin yoga class meditation or... Meditation or something like yeah, that. Yeah, meditation. And staying away from stimulants. I mean, heaps of people have anxiety from coffee.
0: Yeah. <laughs> they rely on it, and they also get really anxious. Oh, totally, man. And and then a lot of people they get that, and then they think the anxiety is coming from somewhere else. And then they drink that coffee, another coffee.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> if you're if you're basically dumping something into your nervous system that says you're in danger, and then thoughts that wouldn't normally give you anxiety start giving you anxiety. I mean, that's a really good sign that it's how you've prepped your nervous system. So. Um, if my nervous system is really calm and centered and, you know, maybe I've done five or ten minutes meditation and a bit of a walk or something like that, I can respond to my, you know, inner voice in a different way because, yep. you know, I'm not responding from the place that my thoughts are a threat. and Totally. Yeah.
0: Hey, so can I just throw you in the deep end right now?
1: Uh, okay, let's see what's yeah. <laughs>
0: I just want to ask, like with these products, so you release them. I mean, you've obviously been thinking about this for a long time. You released them about three months ago and they're going really well. Things are all happening. Tell me about your strategy of how to get them out to the world. Like you've got them here and I think it can be hard like bringing a new product. You're kind of trailblazing in product, bringing these to markets. Like tell me how you're going to tackle that. That's complex, I think, um, but
1: also fun. Yeah. So, I, look, I really think there's so many things you can do, and there's so many ways you can do it. One thing, I'll tell you, one thing that I'm not doing yeah. that I, that I'm going to start having to do, and it's a real kind of, uh, you know, being on this podcast and, and speaking publicly, and that is a is a challenge for me. Totally. And being seen on videos on social media is a massive challenge. I don't think I've ever done one. Maybe I've done one or two before.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I think a lot of people hate doing all of that, man. Like, yeah. yeah.
1: And I think people love seeing it though so oh, i totally. love i love seeing somebody on video telling me about this stuff and i kind of can kind of like you know look them in the eyes and get a feel of their nature and their intention and
0: yeah yeah do you think people love it as well because they hate doing it themselves like you kind of admire someone like i do when i see someone just owning it and then they get on to like insta stories and they're talking i'm like oh man as long as they're not talking for like 20 you know little click through so i'm like i admire it because i hate doing it and i'm scared of doing it I think they do because it's
1: it's it's a bit audacious. I mean, when you put yourself out there like that, you're opening yourself up for judgment and um, often unsolicited judgment. Oh, <laughs> so,
0: totally. <laughs> Everyone's got their two cents they want to send to you. Yeah,
1: man. yeah. So, I mean, that's, you know, how do you have the kind of like inner resources to cope with that and understand what that, you know, what that really is um, and not take it personally potentially or perhaps, you know, can you learn and grow from it? So... That's a huge challenge um, and I'm going to have to do that pretty soon. So that's part of my upcoming um, strategy of getting my brand out there is um, connecting with people sort of eye to eye. Yeah. But look, I've had to hack, you know, I don't have a huge advertising budget and stuff right now. So I'm kind of hacking growth mainly on Instagram, but I think there's other platforms that might even be easier and pay off more long term. Like I'm seeing TikTok is becoming really popular, Uh probably with lots of younger people. But um nobody's doing anything like this on there and, um, you know, you know, five years from now, that they could be a fantastic audience for my product. So, totally, um, it would be really cheap and easy to get exposure on TikTok right now, I, I imagine. But yeah, so I'm, I'm doing I'm doing stuff on social media and trying to put a lot of energy into connecting with people. You know, sending messages to people who follow me, like, hey, thanks so much, and really going to like a lot of effort to answer questions. I might even write like a page response to, you know, somebody's if somebody has a detailed question for me. I, I really commit to answering it. I know that. That's you know, awesome. Possibly that person will remember that a year later when they're ready to, you know, buy my product. So, that's one of the ways. I've also tried to make the product cool. Yep. I've I've tried to make, um, there's heaps of daggy supplement brands out there. I mean, 50%… Yeah, man,
0: per- you say supplement and everyone's running, you know. Yeah. Like, and I do it. I walk through the health food stores and there's so many where I'm like, oh my God, if this is on the shelf, yeah. like surely someone can do something better than this. Exactly. So… Yeah, if you look in, if you go, I think the like the bodybuilding kind of
1: places is where you just see fifty thousand of the exact same thing, like a guy tensing his bicep on the front of a protein pack. I don't know how many times I've seen that, but um, <laughs> 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 probably a lot. But uh, <laughs> but um, look, I want people to share my product organically. Yeah, and I I understand that in this era that you know a lot of that's going to happen on social media. So if it's got aesthetically pleasing. Um, people are going to more be drawn to doing that. And so, I've tried to make the packaging kind of, I guess, a bit sexier than normal supplement packaging Yeah. and the labeling and the branding and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, a bit of work went into that and, and I feel that that will pay off long term.
0: Totally, man. I also feel like, I don't know if you thought about this much, but like you're talking a lot about like getting on social media and then really looking after, you know, all your fans there, which is amazing. Your community is so good there. But have you thought a lot about, like, getting offline and really connecting? Like, I know even for today, for instance, you just stood there in the Whole Foods store uh, in Byron and you're just giving people taste samples and doing things like that. Like, the whole real life thing, like, how how do you go about that? I think the real life thing is awesome um, because… You know, like you
1: said today, I, I made I think about seventy-five herbal tonics for customers at a health food shop, and I didn't charge them for it, and uh, I just got to have really good chats with people. Yeah, and, just
0: getting down there, and yeah, and just like you know, getting to know your customers.
1: Yeah, I mean things kind of spread like wildfire. So you know, one person tells two people, and you know, ten people tell you know forty people. So you know, but they have to be convinced enough. And, and for me, like, you know, I do have a lot of integrity in what I've done here. So I need to communicate that with people. I need people to understand the value behind the products because, you know, the, the materials that I've sourced are really expensive. Yep. So yeah, that one-to-one context, fantastic. I want to do more of it. I want to actually do a bit more study. Of, so I've, I mentioned before I had a degree in biomedical science, so I'm kind of science informed on the herbs but i would like to um go a bit deeper into the traditional uses and i think if i did that i would be able to share more valuable information to people in public as well
0: i definitely think like education as in you educating your customers would be a huge way of like getting your brand out there especially at the start man like people like when something new comes out people just don't know and you have to really treat them like they don't know and then really you know bring that education to them, like it costs you more and it takes resources and stuff like that. But the more that you can like bring that, the more people appreciate it and then they know what to do with it.
1: There's kind of like a threshold with uh, new things. And um, I think, for example, if we talk about the Tesla electric cars, which I think is super cool. Yeah, yeah. um, A lot of people aren't going to be interested in a Tesla electric car um, until they see like 10% of the population driving Teslas. Totally. And they, they, they don't have the time or willingness or whatever to um, research why are Teslas better, and they're way better. They're kind of expensive right now, but yeah, yeah. But they, they're awesome cars. So you need to market, I think, in the beginning, especially me, um, to early adopters of a product if you're doing something unique. Yeah. And early adopters, I guess, is like a segment of the population that's willing to do more research. They kind of like, I guess part of their thing is, they're kind of cool. Early adopters, are, you know, get some sort of street cred by um, being the first to know new things. Yeah, yeah, And they yeah. like to be I that. I know a few of those people. Yeah. I mean, they're cool because – and early adopters are super willing to communicate what they've discovered to their, their peer group. Yeah. These people are willing to, to kind of go a little bit further um, in learning more about your product and dive a bit deeper into the research. So I guess for me – Another part of my strategy is, is making sure I connect with people like that. People who are, you know, into, you know, health and well being or into traditional Chinese medicine and willing to understand exactly why my product's better. Yeah.
0: Awesome, man. Hey, just um let's finish up with you're the first person I've had on this show that actually has like a physical product. And I want you to give us maybe three tips on how to create a physical product or how to launch a physical product. Cool. Well, look, physical products are
1: awesome if they're scalable. So there's a lot of work that goes into doing a physical product. And if you can't kind of get it out there, I mean, it might not pay off better than just, you know, working for an hourly rate. So I think one thing to think of when launching a physical product is, and you don't have to have all the answers in the beginning, but is this scalable? Can I do, you know, am I able to get this manufactured mm-hmm. or am I able to reach a big audience you know for example like uh, if you're going to sell ice creams but not in a shop how are you going to get it to people so it's not very scalable Yep, yeah um, yep. so yeah just kind of making sure that you think you can scale the product and like, awesome. like we we're talking earlier two things you've mentioned one is listening and the other one is you know we're talking a bit about honest reflection and evaluation so don't be scared to kind of Give your beta version of a product, like get really thorough feedback on it, and not from people who are your mates.
0: Totally, <laughs> you, know what, you don't want to like rose-colored glasses on people. Hey, like yeah. you want to get that brutal, honest truth so you can grow.
1: I think the best feedback is that someone would actually buy it. Yeah. So if people often say nice things, but will you give me fifty bucks? <laughs> <laughs>
0: totally. <laughs> and, and like, no. is this worth that transaction? Yeah. Like,
1: so I mean. With my products, I did, I think, six different branding things and like six whole different concepts, branding concepts. Yeah. And then got it down to three. And I I showed a lot of people. I'm talking like like 100 people. Yeah. What do you think of this? Can you please tell me like five words you think of when you look at this? Does this look like it costs $50 or does this look like it costs $20? Mm -hmm. Um, Does this look organic or does this look chemical? I got people to you know, multiple different ways kind of like uh, evaluate my branding and I did it through, you know, some keywords. I did it through how much do you think this product costs Um, and then I also got all my competitors' products and said, which one would you pick? Uh, Yeah, yeah, that's good. So, you know, it's a big effort to launch something, a product and I think um, if you're going to do it, you don't want to make a huge mistake. So, you know, I I put it through the ringer and I still think people were too nice. Yeah. Even though I did that, I think people were too nice because they knew I owned no, it. No one wants to break your heart. Yeah. I mean, I wish I had my heart broken a little bit more. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. But, it's um, easier, like in the better stages, it's easier to have your heart broken then, than when you've like mass produced this thing and then you, you're trying to sell it yeah. to shops and things like that, isn't it?
1: I mean, the thing is, I'm not taking it personally. I want to serve my audience and I need to understand um what they need and what they want and what they see value in. So Yeah it's not a personal thing. Like if the packaging doesn't look good, it's got nothing to do with me. I've, you know, I'm trying to um, perfect it. So, you know, being really honest, like I've see a lot of brands launch, just say, let's just say, for example, you know, I'm launching uh, a a tea Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, there's lots of teas launched in Byron Bay. People love herbal teas and stuff like that. And then I look at a label on a tea and say, look, that's 100% I could have told this person a month ago before they launched that this was definitely not even one of the best Close to tea labels in Byron Bay, so you can know that from the beginning and have to be honest about it and say, "Well, the label's not good enough." Yeah. yeah. So
0: cool. And have you got one more tip?
1: You know, I think launching a product, um, it's really good to connect with as lot as many people as possible, and factoring the cost of connection into your pricing. So, for example, to get a distributor who might have contacts with hundreds and hundreds of shops, thousands of shops they're going to charge you probably you know twenty five to forty percent of your wholesale price to ship and do the sales for your product so that's going to get your product heaps of exposure but you need to factor factor that into the pricing it might mean your margins you know are, are low or it means you have to put the price up but I think that's something to consider and be honest about from the beginning as well scaling a business is expensive there's new you know you might need new machinery you might need staff you know um so you you need good you need to have enough margin to do that
0: yeah really working out your finances yeah and like it. being honest with yourself of those finances huh
1: being practical yeah like um there's honestly so many of the things to do with running a business is, is, is basic but it's often overlooked so first of all do people like it did they say they would buy it have you got actual proof of somebody buying it and you know does the math add up yeah, I mean they're they're kind of basic things, but if you I think if you really get them right, you you got such a better place to launch from. Totally. Yeah, yeah. All
0: right, man. We're gonna wrap it up, and I just want to say thank you for coming on the show. Like I've only had a few people so far, and um the show's all new, so it's all new to me as well. And it um it feels nice to have you on here, and it was a really good conversation. So yeah, thank you.
1: No worries, Joe. I enjoyed myself. Thanks very much.
0: Cool, man. Um, last little thing. Where can everybody find you? If I want to connect with you or if I want to buy your product or read about your products?
1: Probably the best place right now is on Instagram. So Evolution Botanicals um on Instagram or evolutionbotanicals.com.au. We've got a website. We do have a Facebook page. There's not heaps of people on it now. If you want to jump on it, that would be great. There's yeah, gonna be some always uh, hustling. <laughs> yeah. There'll be some long <laughs> articles and stuff coming on there shortly, but yeah, it's
0: it's not I'm not super active there at the moment. Awesome, man. Thank you. I'm going to fly back to Melbourne and go and have myself a coffee. Nice. <laughs> okay, let's recap on a couple of points before we end the show. First one, businesses fundamentally run the same. So you can get so much inspiration from businesses around you that are not in your industry. I do it all the time. I love it. And that's why it's great to talk to people like Nara that's, you know, creating a physical products, because a lot of my stuff's online or I'm selling photos or an experience and things like that or talking to Kyle as a musician, or anyone like that. There's so much out there that you can learn and implement in your own business. It's a great way to learn. Secondly, listening. It's a huge attribute to any successful entrepreneur. Like, trust me when I say, sometimes we don't like to hear the truth, and sometimes it's hard. It's just so hard to put yourself out there and get honest feedback from people. But I tell you what. It's harder not doing that and then not having the real feedback and not being able to grow. So, the way that I see it, you know, put yourself out there, get some honest feedback and that way you can better serve your clients. Hey, if you've got any interesting stories that you'd like to tell me about how you've made your break, you can connect with me on Instagram. My Instagram is just at jialong.co and I'd love to hear some of your stories. Until next time, guys.
1: Make Your Break is brought to you and hosted by Jai Long in our Melbourne studios and produced by our American friends, Simpler Media Productions. For more information on this podcast, our workshops or anything your heart desires, please visit JaiLong.co.